Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I am, and will always be, I guess, Dr. Kent. And I am, for today at least, Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we look for exceptional, funny, quirky guests who have a different way of thinking about business or economics or life in general. It just so happens that uh, today we had an interview with Kiki McGee. I mean, um, <laughs> Kirsten McGregor. She she revealed to us that she had some fun nicknames in the past. So that was what that was. She's experienced all of those things. She's uh, Randy. How would you describe her? I would describe her as a beach loving. Well, you'll have to listen to the interview to understand what beach loving is all about. But she certainly loves her beaches. And if you happen to be a Hollywood producer, there's some stuff in here for you, too. And here's our interview with Kirsten McGregor. Nice to talk to you, Kirsten. Actually, I should ask you, I've known so many people who are Kirsten, 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 how do you pronounce your name? And what are your thoughts around the many pronunciations of your name? Oh, my name is Kirsten, but I've been called a lot of things, and my ex-husband <laughs> has a lot of names for me. It is Kirsten, but um, I have a, and I have a lot of nicknames too. So um, Kiki and K Dog and McGee. My last name is McGregor. So, but yeah, it is Kirsten. That's a good Italian name, right? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Kiki McGee. That's Kiki very, McGee. That's very cool. All right. So from Kiki McGee to very serious topic, um, <laughs> how do you describe to like, you know, the average five, six-year-old what you do for a living when they come up to you and kind of pull your sleeve? Well, I, I have a 12-year-old son and he says that mommy helps people um, when they get hit by hurricanes. So I... I that's I, some branding right there. That's, <laughs> he's, he's a natural. Yeah. So I, I, I work with people after they've been, when they lose their jobs. So if I were to talk to so someone who's six, I help people when they lose their jobs and figure out how to get their job back. If I were to explain to someone that little, yeah. Mm -hmm. And is that what you thought you were going to do when you were five or six? I thought I was either going to be a travel agent or secretary of state. <laughs> it was one or the other. <laughs> So I, I have to ask you, why would you want to be a travel agent? I understand Secretary of State. That's easy. Well, I had a globe and I just wanted to travel and I thought it was just really cool. So I thought foreign service, so either be in charge or <laughs> help people travel. So That's interesting. And so as part of this job, do you travel a lot? I mean, maybe yeah. before this year, but... Right. It's actually because I am a mother. So it's for me, it's been a blessing to be able to do this work from home. But yeah, I was on the road a lot. Um, um, most of my work has been in the Caribbean, uh, working with hurricanes. So most of the past uh, two years, I've been working in the Virgin Islands in Puerto Rico with FEMA. So thinking sort of big, what have we been facing uh, with the pandemic from a systems standpoint? How are 
I don't know, businesses and societies affected? Uh, what are you seeing? I mean, if you're looking towards the future. Uh, yeah, businesses, obviously, that's why I've had to now everybody does what I do now, right? I'm, yeah, businesses are going. I think the problem right now, I just actually did a little video earlier. They're all thinking about now that there's all this money too, right? They're thinking about these big moonshot ideas and these visions and which is great, these aspirational goals. The problem is you need a roadmap, you need steps in the short term and figure out how you're going to get there. And that's boring. It's not sexy. And you need governance structures in place. A lot of these places that aren't disaster prone, they're not thinking about the things you actually need to do, the capacity that needs to be put in place, the structure that oversight, all these things that need to be put in place to deal with all these federal funds to recover. And a lot of them are thinking now that the vaccine is here, all, all that's response. They're not thinking about long term with recovery. So there's there's phases um, to recovery. And I think people think things are going to go back to normal. There are going to be long term detrimental effects to this. So. They're going to figure it out pretty soon here, <laughs> but, but they won't have to reinvent the wheel. They're going to figure out that there's people like me. I'm not the only one who does it. There, there, there's things that they can do. But what I'm seeing is that they're thinking that there's these big ideas and they have to do these really big, awesome plans. And, and that's they need to think short term, you know. Kirsten, are you more of a policy wonk or a hands on lift the built down, the, the blown down building? Um, oh, yeah. So I'm a policy person. I'm definitely the long-term person that, that, you know, the econ people were the, they don't care about us till later, even though mm -hmm. we're right in, we come in right after the storm or we come in right after, but typically nobody cares about us. Like the first responders, everybody loves the first responders, but when people are losing their jobs and they can't get their jobs, that's when people start being like, where are the econ people? But we're right there with them, but we're not going in and you know, with the engineers and trying to like the Army Corps and rebuilding the houses. We're like, there's certainly groups of us who are there. We're part of what they call the Joint Field Office, where all those, you know, the big screens and like all that. We're part of that group. But I, I'm not like Red Cross going in and helping people. Right. Like, hats off to those people who do relief and that type of work. But I'm bigger picture long term. The work I've been doing, like I said, in Caribbean has been that contract has been over two years. So I did Hurricane Sandy, like I was a senior policy advisor on Hurricane, President Obama's Hurricane Sandy task force to figure out long-term strategies for small businesses after disaster. So yeah, I guess I'm more of a policy wonk, but more it trickles policy. down, it mm -hmm. trickles down to for grassroots to figure out how to help small businesses. Sure. So I'm bottom up, top down. So my, my side of the shop, when Randy and I just chat with people, is always trying to probe their personal story. So I've been, I've been, I've been poking already, but I'm very curious as to kind of how you got into this field. Sustainability <laughs> is important to you, mm, and sustainability mm. and economics don't necessarily always go hand in hand, uh, though they probably should. Mm. Um, curious, kind of how you got into this and how you stumbled into this very particular niche. So there's a couple questions there. So I'll answer the first one about how I got into it was. I was out of work like a lot of people during the economic crisis in 2008, and I got a job with the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act um, under Obama and working for the Department of Commerce. And I ran that program in Philadelphia. And they kept me on, and I started running their disaster program. And it was a, kind of a new thing. Um, and that's when Hurricane Sandy hit. And 
it was the first rollout of what's called the National Disaster Recovery Framework, which is what I'm actually doing as a contractor now in the Caribbean, where these different sectors are run by different agencies. And the econ, the economic sector, is run by the U.S. Department of Commerce. It's all headed up by FEMA. And I was the one that headed up the one in New Jersey. And then that's what then led to me to be on the task force. And so then that's when, when I started. And, and the Recovery Act, too, that also was a major disruption. So that's when I started seeing major economic disruptions, whether they're natural disasters or not, mad, man-made, too, how, how that can impact society and how, how we need to start looking at this like long term. So then your second question, it's important because I actually think they go hand in hand. We actually had a call about this this, this morning. You can't have quality of life and attract business, like businesses go and, and, and workforce goes, like talent attraction. They go where there's quality of life and you can't have quality of life if your natural and cultural resources are not robust or your housing or your infrastructure or your utilities are not, they're just not even out of status quo. And that is directly related to sustainability. The fact that people haven't been seeing that, I mean, they are directly related, especially, in, and that's why I do like, I'm not, I'm not even a beach person, look how fair I am, right? I mean, I, I like working in islands because they're great pilots for looking at all this work. And um, it's like sea level rise, sustainable, all <laughs> power outages for utilities and um, uti- all. That's why I love working islands for all these different issues where you, you bring up a great point. But I, I actually I wish I had my notes. I drew an infinity symbol of sustainability and econ that you can't have one without the other. People have to have jobs in order to, to live. And you can't have healthcare without people working and you can't be healthy unless you're working. I mean, they, everything, think about anything you think about, you can't have one without the other. And I think when people think about economics, they think about greedy corporations. <laughs> but if you don't have a job, you're in poverty. <laughs> so it, I think it's just, it's that mindset shift about how we look at things. And yeah, there, I get that concept of greedy corporate, that, that's that, but there's a lot of most of most employers are small businesses, so we start need to start looking at how we can help them, and they're the ones most vulnerable, quite frankly, to the issues we were talking about today. I'll say one more thing before I toss to, to Randy because he's I can see his his gears turning. I have to I have to flag out of all that amazing all those amazing ideas you just threw out there. The one I latch onto is the beach, um, which I love. I love that you said you love working with islands, and you're not a beach person. So I have to I have to go into that for a second. So <laughs> so you you show up in the Caribbean and you're like, yeah, no, I'm not not going to go out to the beach. Going to work in this um, sort of hotel conference room for for four days or what does that what does that look like? Oh yeah, I mean, it was like I, I'm. They could make a movie. <laughs> There's, I was a fish out of water. Everybody would make fun of me. I. I would be walking with my, I think I showed up wearing a black pinstripe outfit, you know, and, and pumps, you know, with my carry bag and there was no sidewalk and I'm walking along, you know, like it was right out of a movie. So yeah, but, but people, the thing is, is they grew to love me too. Like I think it's this like crazy lady, but it's funny that you say that because I was the person who would just, I would sit in this beautiful hotel room 
because they wouldn't they weren't being filled right because people weren't going and my back would be to this beautiful ocean <laughs> i'd be typing on my computer um but and it is gorgeous and the people are just wonderful um down there i've made such wonderful connections down there and that's what i miss i didn't go to the beach i would not sit out by the pool <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a remarkable uh a remarkable vision you've planted in my mind which is you sitting in your hotel room having room service deliver the fruity drink with the umbrella in it. Oh, no. And all of your, all of your colleagues are out around the pool. <laughs> oh, and that, the, the vacationers would be like, must be hard. And it actually, it's, it's, it is hard when everybody around you is on vacation getting drunk and you're in a suit and you have to go meet with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. No, but the, so it was, it was on, fun. Yeah. So just, just briefly before we finish, one, mm -hmm. one last question from me. Greedy corporations. Mm. We hear about greedy corporations a lot. I don't actually believe corporations are greedy because corporations are run by people mm -hmm. who are responsible to the stockholders mm -hmm. and the profits. Many of the stockholders are institutional investors mm -hmm. who are paying for your 401ks and your retirement benefits yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So how do you differentiate between the true greedy corporation, mm -hmm. the true policy, good policy-driven corporations, and the average Joe on the street who wants his retirement benefits paid because the greedy corporations are making profits that support that? And that's a great point because, like, I'll see some what are progressive companies too, right? And they look good mm -hmm. on paper when really they're doing more damage than some that are labeled like some huge oil company right mm -hmm. that are actually doing exactly what you said right so i guess what when i use the term greedy company I'm, i was using that as the example that people like coin mm -hmm. that term right so sure. that we shouldn't be like looking at it that way the fact is you, you have to have private sector involvement in fact that's part of the problem is relying on government in a lot of these places where 50 percent of the people of the of the employment is government that's part of the problem so mm. they'll it's they'll even admit it <laughs> you know so it's like that if you have more if, if you cultivate a culture that supports small businesses and entrepreneurship and encourages it but that also takes a big mindset shift in a lot of places and it's hard right access to capital i mean there's so there's so much i could go on and on but mm. but i think where it comes from the the big gritty corporations it's easy to just throw large companies under the bus you're right in a lot of cases, they do a lot of good, right? They give, quite frankly, I know, I mean, I'm in Wilmington, Delaware, right? So fintech capital of the world where they're giving like tons of money mm. away. I mean, it's by statute, but I mean, it's it's complicated. Mm. But I, I think it's easy to just say, you know, evil pharma or evil, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it when I hear people say it's complicated because <laughs> it is. It, it is but complicated. It is. And, but if it and wasn't, it takes, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> right. And, and it takes people like us to think deeply about it and to point out the inconsistencies of thinking of people who take simplistic views. Yes. It's very complex. I'm glad you said that because it's not easy and it really, I mean, I, it's funny because we had a conversation exactly about that today, two hours ago, and it's not easy that's why I think some of us, our head ex explodes when people just mm -hmm. oversimplify things that are very complicated. So, mm. Very good. And that's why I guess this is thought leadership. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So I have a question for you to kind of close us down, I think. I'm curious about three things, so I'll try to thread them together and see if see if uh, you can put it into one cogent statement. But I'm curious about I'll try the name of your business, the logo of your mm. business, which appears to have a sign of a woman or person inside mm -hmm. the maze, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And then the, the mm -hmm. piece which I, I resonate with most strongly, which is equilibrium. We so seldom see that concept in business or or places you know you know how do you how do you keep the boat steady how do you have that steady state how do you bring things to a calm place we're, we're so accustomed to everything being you know rocking the boat or trying to trying to make waves so i guess those three elements i'm curious how you would thread them together yeah so the first is sagax which i you know that comes you know from the term sagacious quick-witted, you know, and, and, and that term, I thought about it a lot. It was after I was working on Hurricane Sandy, and I was thinking that when you have major economic disruptions, whether it's natural disasters or, you know, manufacturing plant explodes or whatever, that the difference between economic development and economic recovery is the speed at which you plan, right? You need to be able to be quick about it. You need to think strategically it's not the same old economic development planning. And I don't need to sound like an intellectual snob about it, because sometimes when people ask me, it sounds snobby, snobby, but that wasn't where I was coming from with it. But it doesn't, you do need to be quick. And I have updated my logo a little bit recently. What we did was we opened up, the, it was a, more of a maze, and we changed it more to a labyrinth. And you're able to enter and exit. And we wanted to make sure that it, you didn't feel stuck <laughs> was the point. And so there's some sort of meeting there. And then uh, obviously you saw that because of woman-owned business, we wanted to make sure that they're also it's, the hands are up, right? So that it's more of a hopeful feeling there. So there was a lot of thought. Also the color jade. We changed the colors because um, my dad is from New Zealand and I was born in Australia. So we were thinking, you know, the color jade with the Maori influence there. So that was how we in incorporated that color. So there was a lot of thought put into it. I think there's meaning and symbolism. I think that it's subtle, but people do pick up on it. And then you picked up on how we put a lot of thought into the process of disruption, the response phase, and then you have resilience and recovery, which is a very long process. And then you get to steady state. And we were calling it equilibrium because sometimes steady state people will Think of that as like a military term, but you want to get to that point where you're not constantly thinking about when are we going to get to the new normal? And, that, and I hate that term to you. I know everybody does. So that's why we kind of embrace that term of like, ah, right, where we can just sit down and, and, and be at ease. And, and that's where we all want to get to. But the thing is, I don't want to be negative, but there will be another hurricane, there will be another earthquake, there will be another wildfire, there will be another something. So that's why you have mitigation and preparedness that's always ongoing. And that's why you always need to be aware of this and always be thinking. And that's why this is something that people need to embrace. The concept of resilience needs to be something that we embrace. Sustainability needs to be something that we embrace in everyday life. Sustainability people, emergency management people need to embrace the economy and the economic people need to embrace climate change and sustainability.
that was that little infinity symbol I made on my legal pad today. So I think I answered them all, right? <laughs> you did, yeah. Really exciting to talk with you today, Kirsten. Kirsten. Well, thanks for having me. This was super exciting for me. <laughs> did I say it right? I said it yeah, right. Yeah, Kirsten. Right? Or Kiki McGee. Kiki McGee. Let's not bring that back. My parents would kill me. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. Um, and where can folks find you um, and your company and, and uh, read about the things you do? So it's SAGAX, S-A-G-A-X, associates.com. And my LinkedIn is backslash economic recovery. So people tend to remember that one. <laughs> so thank you again. Uh, that was awesome. And I'm just, I'm still thinking about beaches in the Caribbean. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's it really, the, the people are wonderful there and they've been going through a lot. So support the islands, um, not just the Caribbean, all over, you know, so thank you. And if any uh, movie producers are listening, a great movie idea with the um, the pinstriped uh, suit and the, and the pumps with the uh, with all the island folks laughing and pointing, right? And <laughs> it's not um, far nice. off. <laughs> Love that. Nice. Thanks for joining us today. This was fun. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten. It was so great to hear those stories. As I said just at the end there, I was, uh, I'm still sitting on that beach with a, a fruity drink with an umbrella in, in my hand. And I'm watching the people sitting around the pool and thinking about you working hard in your room. And Kirsten, thank you. It was really good we got our interview done before my um, helicopter landed outside. If you can hear that in the background. No, I'm just kidding. That's just a, a lawnmower. He's driving away now. Wonderful to hear your stories about so many things that are kind of distant from my life, but so important. The second that a hurricane hits, just like your son branded it, the second the hurricane hits, everything changes. It's pretty neat to know that folks like you are there to help figure things out. It's even more important to know that you can do important work and still maintain that sense of humor. So I absolutely love that. I think uh, humor is, is part of life. And I applaud you for, for keeping it. Now, if uh, you listeners are interested in finding out more about Randy and my humors, uh, how many of them are there? Six humors? Uh, you can go to our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com, the upper right corner, click on the assessment button. And don't laugh because it's really quite, uh, quite simple to complete the assessment and probably take you a minute and we'll spend a minute looking at it and getting back to you uh, and giving you some ideas, hopefully. Now, if you can hear me over the, um, the lawn mower outside, I'm a big advocate of uh, planting bumblebee housing. So um, go check that out online, Google it, and um, yeah, tell us about it. But before you leave, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And leave a comment if you like what you hear. Tell us about it. Take care. Have a good day. Have a good life. And we'll talk to you the next time.